Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Inside the Studio on iHeartRadio. My name's Jordan Runtog, but enough about me. My guests today are self-described purveyors of renegade pop. That's their own unique blend of rock, punk, pop, and hip-hop. The custom-made genre hints at their diverse blend of influences, ranging from Juice World to Justin Bieber and the Smashing Pumpkins. You can get a taste by listening to their new single, Assassin. After coalescing in the early days of the pandemic, they've been co-signed by pop-punk gods Pete Wentz and Mark Hoppus. We touched on their new music, old influences, and what's to come from this exciting new group. I'm so happy to welcome Beauty School Dropout. First off, you got your latest single, Assassins, that just dropped, and you've said it's about the things that you love but can kill you at the same time. I feel like we've all been there in some ways, one form or another. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about that song? Yeah, you know, I we, think... We wrote it about COVID. Yeah, about <laughs> being glazed by COVID. Right. <laughs> no, you know, it's it's just that the age-old lore of, like, we always want what we can't have, or, you know, sometimes we get into these relationships that trap us into... Uh, you know, lustful desires rather than like things that are good for us or healthy for us. And we've obviously had our fair share of those toxic relationships. So we kind of tapped into that energy again. It's such a great track. And I loved the teaser clip that you shared with uh, Pete Wentz and Mark Hoppus. It was just so funny. I, I know you work very closely with those two. Now, what's it like being with them? I mean, you know, they're like, to me, I, I, they're like the founding fathers of pop punk. I'm, maybe maybe uh, Billy Joe Armstrong in there too. But I mean, that's got to be so great working alongside them. It's pretty absurd. It is insane. <laughs> like They're like 
as we get close to them, like obviously, like it feels more like just like a friendship and like uh, that's cool, a partnership and all these things. And but it still does feel just as cool getting a text from one of them or <laughs> working with them. It's so sick. Yeah, Mark always texts me to ask for computer help. And so like, <laughs> <laughs> his personal IT. I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> but um, no, it's pretty cool. It's like it, it's it's pretty surreal being kind of you feel like you're kind of this the chosen band in a way seriously like okay cool like and we've got some big shoes to fill um but i think i kind of go back to this idea that like eventually we're going to be passing the torch onto someone else hopefully if you know we play their cards right (laughs) and uh i think that's kind of the the thing that really inspires me is like crushing this opportunity that we have in front of us that we can go pass that torch on oh absolutely i mean who were some of the other folks that made you want to start making music dad Dad, all of our dads definitely. Yeah, we have a bunch of rock dads through and through. It's funny they actually when we have shows they all come out and they meet up and we call them the Dilf Squad. So if you ever, (laughs) y'all ever see the Dilf Squad triangulating at one of our shows, definitely feel free to say what's up. They love it. They're more they're more (laughs) rock star than us. They really are. They party party harder than we do. It's so sick. (laughs) We don't party. We're nerds. They they go hard. I feel like the harder your parents party, the more you're inclined to kind of be the more bookish, like indoor type. Maybe, maybe that's just me, but because I, I gotta, uh, I gotta party your dad myself. So <laughs> you get it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as far as music influences, it's definitely like Mark, because Blink One Eight Two, Fall Boy, Green Day. Uh, I know that Cole grew up listening to like a little bit heavier stuff. Bardo and I listened to like a lot of pop punk, like Some Forty One, Offspring. All that stuff. I loved it, like indie rock, like Arcade Fire. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, I yeah. came from like metal and punk, so I don't know. I like everything from from Sabbath to like Black Flag to the more modern like post hardcore stuff that's on the radio nowadays. Like even Bring Me, early Bring Me, definitely set me up for for my hardcore days. I, I think a lot of our influence weirdly comes from. Um, I mean, we listen to everything because we write and produce for other artists as well. So we write for you for pops writers too you know or pop pop stars and and rappers and you know whoever so it's just kind of we've been in these situations where we get to like create a bunch of different styles of music and i think because we're constantly in those comparison settings we're just like always pulling those influences into our stuff and like i was listening to to some like demos we had the other day and i was like dang like this doesn't really sound like anything else It's, it's this weird mix of like you know hip hop Rock, rock and pop, like pop all over the place. But it's just kind of like, I don't know, it's fun. I love I love what we're doing. Yeah, I saw a Spotify list that, that you shared of just stuff you were listening to, and it had everything from Smashing Pumpkins to Justin Bieber on it. And it's just this incredible range. And that totally shows up in your music, too. I Do you know the, the social media account... Um, I don't know why I phrased it like that. <laughs> That's the most <laughs> grandpa way I could have ever phrased that. But it's a Twitter account, it's an Instagram account, uh, Dust to Digital. No. Oh, it's this really interesting guy. He's like part archivist, part like music historian, and he shares all these clips of like people in foreign countries making music out of like rocks. And like there's like a people in 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 South America playing the river like a drum, just all these crazy different types of music, and it all shows up in his account. And it's so interesting. I mean, I bet you there's probably a lot of producers who sample a lot of that stuff too, because it's really interesting. But I I was lucky enough to talk with this guy and he had this theory about how every 30 years there's a turnover of the the new primary genre. I mean, starting with jazz, jazz kind 
kind of morphing into to rock and roll in the fifties in the and in the eighties, hip hop taking over. And then he was talking about how you know, in, in thirty years after the eighties, it's the twenty tens. What's the genre? And then he was saying. The genre is everything, like with a capital E. It's like we, we now have all this music at our fingertips. It's just a complete amalgamation, and you take little pieces of, of from everywhere and make something totally new out of it, and that's the new genre. It just it's pretty reminds weird. me of what you're it's, saying. It's pretty weird how, like, as we have more access to information and data and obviously, like, everything through the internet, like, the cultural pendulum starts swinging faster. It's like, I don't know, if, just even going back to that thought, seeing how we shifted from, like, this like Nickelback, Daughtry Rock to all of a sudden like EDM and like Skrillex and all, Avicii and all these people taking over the radio to all of a sudden like trap and rap to now like back to rock. It's like been in these crazy like three to five year stints. It's all pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty wild. But I like now, I think because there's no barriers, like everyone just collabs on everything and, and just steals from everything. The key is stealing <laughs> from everything. Steal like an artist. <laughs> yeah, really what's that? It's like true uh, artists steal, but they know who to steal from. I yeah, think that's the phrase. I think it was like great artists copy, true artists steal. <laughs> it's true. If, if you steal it, it's yours. If you copy it, you're copying. Because so you can never copy it exactly. We're, too. we're trying to steal from everyone. So. <laughs> we wear balaclavas every time yeah. we make music because we like we to just feel like we're robbers. Everyone else's swag. Well, Cole, you said something really interesting in a recent interview that you think that will reach a new level of recycling rock music, kind of what you're talking about, all the sounds of it. And you name check people like Jarris Johnson. I wanted to, to name uh, to ask you more about that. Totally. I mean, and like I said, the cultural pendulum is swinging faster and faster. And I think like, I don't know, we obviously have seen this phase of like really heavily blink influenced music come and I don't want to say go, but definitely is like evolving very quickly into what is now like, obviously, like I said, there's people doing kind of like the Nickelback thing or there's people doing like, I don't know, I was even listening to a friend's records, I'm not going to say who, but they're tapping more into like the old Kiss vein and like oh, 70s, wow. 80s glam rock and how that can be mixed into modern production, which is, that's exciting to me because that's why I'm like, okay, guys, like history of rock goes far before the early 2000s. Like, let's <laughs> let's get deep in our pockets if we're really going to go there, you know? Um, so I guess that's that's kind of where my brain has been is like seeing who is going to steal like an artist from that bag of tricks and that palette and like be able to make it into something modern and, and fresh. Oh, it's so interesting to see me. Talk to me about how you guys all came together because it felt, sounds like it was fairly recently in the pandemic. I mean, Cole and Brent, I know you were in the Strange Faces together, but how did you all coalesce through you? Have you ever heard of the app Grinder? Yes, I have. <laughs> they have this like for threes section and that's yeah. where, yeah, we, we <laughs> met up there and just kind of... Like, you guys want to make a band? We <laughs> thought Bardo was a catfish, so I brought B with me. <laughs> That's exactly. To make sure we were safe. But, but I'm, he's I'm, not a catfish. I'm he's not a catfish. He's I'm, more beautiful in real life. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He's actually just a bad, I don't know if I can swear on the radio. So I'm, I'm a bad. <laughs> go for it. Bitch. <laughs> I'm a bad bitch. He's not a catfish. He's a bad bitch. <laughs> but yeah, we, yeah. um. No, actually, uh, <laughs> I slid in to uh, his ex's DMs. Him being Beepus, and uh, she was like, Oh, yeah, we can hang out. Can I bring my boyfriend? And I was like, Yeah, and then turns out he actually just became my boyfriend. It's and true. I coached him. 
Uh, Look, we're still <laughs> this, is, this part. This is true story. And then uh, I used to co-produce events with this place called Winston House. Our mutual friend was performing, and she introduced Bardo and I. And at that point, like I'd been kind of well into like songwriting for other people. His whole background's uh, producing for other people, and uh, you know we've all been in bands our whole life. So when we got in, there was just this like this tangible synergy that was so hard to recreate with anyone else. And from then on, it was like I mean, really, it's like since that day, it's been like every day for the last three years. We fell in love. Yeah, yeah, it kind of just happened out of nowhere. It's definitely not expecting it, but here we are. Because, <laughs> yeah, Cole, weren't you initially considering being having like a solo venture and then it just sort of became what it is now? Yeah, you know, it's it funny because like the front man of the other band started kind of like writing his own stuff. And, was, and, and at that point, I was like, I've spent my whole life playing guitar in bands, but I always knew that the one I wanted to like fully send on, I would be fronting. And so at that point, I was just like, well, I'm already homeless and broke. Like, <laughs> what else is there to lose, you know? So may as well choose the lowest paying job in America and be a songwriter. <laughs> so, uh, did that and started songwriting for other people. And that, at that point, I was kind of like flavor testing with producers and just like also learning how to be a songwriter and like how to make music, you know, in a way that is not just like, I don't know, there's levels to it, right? Like I think that there's there at the end of the day, there's a certain like, algorithm and math that comes with songwriting that you can acknowledge or you can't and like at that point is when I started to acknowledge it Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. 
This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. How much when you're songwriting is a result of what you hear in your head versus experimentation, just like in the moment? I think it's like pretty 50-50. I think the first 50 is usually what you hear in your head and then bringing that from pen to paper and then... And then from there, it's usually like the rest of it is revising it and molding it into something that is bigger and better. As Bardo always says, it's like we're designing sound. You know, we're literally mm. designing sound waves. That is what producing and, and songwriting is. So it's like really an interesting process. But yeah, I'd say like 50-50. Yeah, it's really weird when you think about what we're doing. We're just like tweaking things to make sound waves sound different. Like these things you can't, see but you can feel and they make you have dopamine boosts in your brain and then we put them out <laughs> that's what we do but yeah it's, it's i mean it's a big experimentation like none of us really know what we're doing at all like you go into a session and you're like this is gonna be shitty and then like, oh this is really dope you know like this cool thing came out of it or like you had this throwaway idea that you thought was trash that you know b i mean b had an idea that he said you played in like when you're in high school right that yeah like, for contact either yeah, that bass riff. Well, it was like, like actually like super influenced from a song that I wrote when I was like fifteen. Yeah, so it's like shit like that where you just like, oh wow, did not think this would be anything, and then it becomes something, and then you turn on a microphone and you just like, all right, you try it, and you try it, and you try, it, and you throw melodies down with just gibberish, and then you fill in the blanks, you know. So I, there's there's no right or wrong way to do it, but we've also recently been tapping into like trying to write the song first before we even produce it. And just like, we call it the campfire test, where you just, <laughs> once you get an idea, you're like, cool, before we throw anything else, because you can kind of get disguised. Like, that's where like a lot of modern production now is like, cool, you have a crazy beat, like the song. Can you like sit there by a campfire and sing it? You know? So it's like, I think that's that's the real key. Does the song stand up? And if the song stands up, the production just comes easy. Well, here's a question with from a very personal place. I'm somebody who's loved music my whole life. I can play couple different instruments. I've never been able to write a song in my entire life. I just, I can't do it. I don't know if it's, I'm just not tapped into that part of the universe. I'm too inhibited. I don't know what it is, but what would you say to someone like me who's having a hard time sort of tapping into that that part of themselves? Like, how do you how do you start, basically? Let go. Take some mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that answer a number of times. It's true. From some of my dearest friends. Yeah, but Bardo said also just like letting go. It's like a matter of just like, the first thousand are probably going to be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like, it's just that's like okay. experience through it. Like, it's like, if, as, if you finish a song, that's the hardest thing ever to do. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's this crazy ego chat where you're like, oh, dang, I got to like, I mean, you just got to not care because there really is no <laughs> right way to do it. There's no right answer. There's no like, oh, this is good. It just, does it feel good? Cool. Have you heard Baby Shark before? <laughs> yes, I have. Like on yes. paper, that song sucks. But like, <laughs> but like, but when you listen to it, you're like, this song, bang, it's, it's, it's awesome. And like, it's like a cultural phenomenon. It's like, 
if I told you I'm gonna write a song about baby sharks, you'd be like, don't do it. It's the whole family of sharks. The and family also, of sharks. Also yeah. keep in mind that there's like four or five parts at most, usually. And like keeping that mm. that to ground you is like, you know, it is this big scary thing. It's like, oh, I have to make words and sounds and all these things work together. But it's like realistically a song usually is a composition of four or five parts. It's like, you know, as long as you they don't even have to be good parts, just just identify those parts. My, my mom, I was went to visit my mom a couple of weeks ago and I was like helping her clean out like her closet. <laughs> I found this box that she'd kept all my like original songs Aww. like in a binder. It was literally a binder like this thick of just all these like songs that I had from like from early, early days. And it was just like like little like like napkins and or whatever. And I just like just I had a song called 98. Just like the song is called 98. It was just lyrics were just 98 the whole time in different like cadences, different flows. But basically it was like, I think I wrote that when I was like two or something. But it was just like at least like little things. But <laughs> she kept it. No, like actually, like I've like, it was wild to see because I'm like, oh my God, these like things. I had a ukulele when I was a kid. Just like, but I think it's that kind of thing. Like you said, the first thousand are going to suck. And it's like, you look back then, it's like, yeah, all these songs are just like random words thrown together. But then like you evolve and you flex that muscle. You just work out. You I'm know? still on song 600. Yeah, so I got 400 more to go <laughs> yeah, so I can write a really good banger. Yeah. Hey, what would Malcolm Gladwell say about that? 600, you're getting close. <laughs> wow, I mean, so it sounds like this is this has been a part of your life making music, all of you, since you know you you were, you know, learning to walk and learning to sing around the same time. It sounds like my dad wanted to name me Stevie Ray or Eddie Van. <laughs> that <laughs> rules. That's yeah. My mom was pissed about it, so she didn't let it happen. We were definitely bred by our parents. Thank you, dads. The, the rock squad. dads. The Del Squad. Yeah. Really my, my dad's like not very into music at all. He, my dad's like an entrepreneur. He's a very creative person. He's the most probably the most eccentric one. He's more eccentric than all of us combined. That's true. Yeah. But like weirdly enough, I just kind of like was like, yeah, music. And the, but he was supportive of it. That's the key. I think a lot of kids don't have support from the parents. I think yeah. that's the big difference. Is like the reason all of us are in this position today is because like throughout our lives, it was like, you know, even when B was in trouble, he was grounded, but his punishment was he had to play music. Like that was like his thing. So it was like, you know, it, it, it all kind of flows back in this thing of like, where a lot of parents be like, no, hell no, you're not playing music. It doesn't make sense. But it's like, there it's, you know, it's fun. It's, it's a great life. It's like, you know, we're all depressed, but it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, to take a, 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 an instrument out of a kid's hand feels like taking a book out of a kid's hand. It's like, that yeah. seems yeah. just cr- cruel to me. That's, yeah. Now, you mentioned earlier about the, the campfire test versus stuff that you're doing in the studio, and it almost sounds like the difference between, you know, composing and songwriting as a skill versus sort of making, like, soundscapes. Are there any people who really influenced you as soundscapers? Like, I'm a big Brian Eno fan and oh, love yeah. Pink Floyd. I'm a big Robin, classic rock Robin guy. Thick. Yeah, Robin Thicke. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... Trent, Trent Reznor, for me, like, he's, oh, like, yeah, just so good at just, like, creating emotion through sound. Yeah. And, like, hence why he does so many movies and stuff, but, like, it's so cool to like listen to someone that like writes really good songs and then writes really good compositions that make you feel something without necessarily words. I was really inspired by Kanye West as a kid. Um, yeah, his level of just weird sounds, and you like he'll put something out, and then a year or two later, you'll see everyone else kind of catching up to what he did, you know. And and it's like the his like level of sound design is crazy, or it's like you know 
And that's, he's a true curator. You know, he yeah. picks up other things and creates these like, weird things. Deftones and um, Frank Ocean for me. And Tyler the Creator. Earlier, Tyler the Creator and Kendrick mm. as well. A lot of rap dudes. It's yeah. funny because people always ask, they're like, oh, like if you could write with anyone or if you could get in the studio with anybody, who would it be? And every single time I answer like all the rap dudes, I love Baby Keem, I love Kendrick, I love Tyler, I love ASAP. I think they have like, the rock has such a formula to it, you know, and, and rap does as well. But I think there's a different nature to it in that spirit of like that swag and that kind of like, umph. I definitely like to let influence a lot of the things that we do for sure. I love just taking apart some of those songs. Like my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is one of my favorite albums of all time. And just like picking apart all the samples and seeing where they all come from. I mean, that's one of my favorite things to do just because, I mean, for me, it helps me appreciate it more because it's just like, oh my God, not only are you such a fan of music that you're pulling in stuff from such a wide place, what we were talking about earlier, but just the way that you assemble it in such a way that I, I, I'm a big old vinyl nerd. I love collecting old Soul 45s from the 50s and 60s. I had no idea that that was that baseline from like you know an old stacks track or something it's crazy i, I love, love that, like the high contrast of things yeah you know, i think oftentimes i like allude i kind of picture music as like a thing in my brain like i can like see like the textures of it you know what i mean and i think there's this really cool thing that kanye does where he just like everything's really saturated and distorted you know but it's like mm. taking something that like, like a smooth vinyl record and then like pairing that with like a really heavy hitting snare that is clipping and just like mangled. And it's like, Oh, but then it goes back to like a quiet moment and then a loud moment and a quiet moment. There's like intense dynamics and the high contrast of stuff. And it's just like, it's weirdly enough. It's kind of like the same kind of like style, like in like, like physical art, like the high contrast, like the pop art, like Warhol was doing and like that kind of stuff. But I kind of picture a lot of those like Skrillex has a similar kind of vibe. You know, like the really intense, like their whole their whole motive behind what they're doing is to is to distort everything and like, but like digital distortion, where everyone will tell you do not distort things digitally, and they're like, no, no, <laughs> we're going to. That's the whole point. So it's pretty cool. It's like breaking the rules is like rule number one. Oh, absolutely. What was that great Warhol piece where he he it took an early Xerox machine, one of the first Xerox machines, and just Xeroxed a picture, I think it was of Chairman Mao, over and over and over. And because it, it, the technology wasn't that great, it would, it would almost look like silly putty. It would get all distorted and strange. And then he would take those and frame those distorted pictures and frame them, and that was his piece. And that's oh. sounds like similar to what you're saying, the distortion. Yeah, I, exactly. Well, like, he's just I love that. rules. And just like twisting things, like Warhol was remixing art. <laughs> That's all he was doing. He just—he's just making beats on, on canvas. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. While we're on the topic of influences, I, I need to ask this. I am a, a big fan of Greece. I was in the play in high school. I was Vince yeah. Fontaine. I have to ask your name. Give, yeah. me, give me the story on the name. I love the name so much. That was my, that was my grandma's favorite song in Greece. And oh. I've, I've watched that movie probably over a hundred times. And you know, it's funny because when the name came, it wasn't even like, that wasn't really the thought process. It just kind of... I'm super weird and OCD about titling things. Um, and this was like still when I was like riding alone on just like a lot of music. And and I think the project I was calling it like Doom or something completely <laughs> different. And then I was the opposite like, ends. yeah, yeah, it's totally different. And so I threw beauty school dropout in my bio on, on Instagram. And then like, I remember I had a cut coming out with uh, this group highly suspect. And at the time I was like, Oh, like, should I make this my artist name? Like, you know, whatever. And he's like, Johnny was like, no, dude, just use your name. And I was like, okay. But then we had all met and I was like, okay, well, fuck it. Maybe it makes sense for it to be the band's name. And it kind of just ended up sticking. It's convenient. I think we all have an attachment to Grease too. Like I was down, I was dancing on my buggy in my diaper singing Go Grease Lightning and like swinging the shirt. <laughs> like there's videos wow. of me. I, I never talk about it, but like that, I was literally obsessed with this movie too when I was a kid. Like, spinning it's the best. And I was like four years old. You never told me about this. I know, because it's. I let you have your moment where you're like, you're, you're, your sweet grandma moment. Where you're like, <laughs> yeah, I wish I knew this. But yeah. Where I, are these videos at? I'll, I'll, I'll get them. Please do. Well, is it as a music video? That yeah. would be, a, that would be a, that's a great TikTok. <laughs> Ooh, I, I, remember, yeah. I remember like, I was a kid. My little sister was in Greece and I went to see the play. And I remember asking my mom, like, what is beauty school dropout? And, and she was like, oh, it's like 
when you failed out of everything. That is us. Yeah. I'm like, damn, like that's hard. But it's weird, but like I distinctly remember, like of the entire play, I don't even remember the play. I just remember like that asking my mom that. That's weird, like after all these years, and I'm like, and then this band called Beauty School Dropout. And I was like, oh, cool. You manifested it. Yeah, failing out of everything. So just form a band. <laughs> that's <laughs> us. The, the meaning behind it, I think, was very tongue in cheek with like, I used to make these magazines for I, I had a project I called it death cells and like the slogan of it was vanity kills death cells. And, and I've always been very drawn to the idea of like, just as a society, obviously we, sh- we kind of have uh, this nature of like sheepishly going for things with vanity and <laughs> rather than, you know, just being our full authentic self. Cause obviously every human has our like ego attached to everything we do. And so um, I think like in large, that statement of beauty school dropout was like the, prettiest way of saying something synonymous to that idea of like hey it's okay to detach from those things and those feelings and to just like completely be yourself and feel safe in your skin i feel like you got to get like an album blurb from frankie Va- frankie avalon or something though i feel like they got to bring a full circle with him we also it's a nice like identifier of how big we are because when you type in beauty school dropout the minute you don't see frankie avalon anymore you see <laughs> Faces. We then, know we've made it. Then we're hopefully rich at that point. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully we can. Yeah. <laughs> Once we top Google, God, that'd be fun. <laughs> Beauty school dropout is just such an amazing phrase, and you've described your sound as I love this so much. Renegade pop. I just think that's that's the coolest phrase. I I want to ask you, uh, who were some people in the past who maybe had a renegade pop sound and didn't know it? Or, or, or are you the first? Or are there no others? Uh, Nirvana. 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 Soundgarden. Uh, Alice in Chains. Justin uh, Bieber. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Actually, the later on in his career. I was going to say. Like, yeah, later on, on, yeah. I think it's like, it's this kind of thing of, I bring the bring horizon sure, right now. Totally. What they're doing. Yeah. I, they're all, I think it's kind of this thing of like, it's pop, but you don't know it is. And I think that's what like Nirvana crushed. They were just writing pop songs, but just, made it heavy. Like we always go into sessions. We're just like, we literally will say like assassin, the one that's coming out um, tomorrow or the 20 or the it's out. I don't know if, when we're doing this interview <laughs> timeline for those, you can cut this, but um, assassin, the, the, the single assassin is like, when we were writing it, we were literally like, how can we write a Bieber song, but just make it as heavy as like bring me or something. And I think we kind of, we did that. That was the goal. So. I mean, I'm sure you've been asked this a bunch of times, but I'm so fascinated. What was it like to start a band in the middle of a global pandemic? I mean, on one hand, I imagine there must be all sorts of logistical nightmares that go along with that. But in another, was it almost nice for, for lack of a better term, an incubation period? Like I read that you you went up to a uh, a warehouse space for like a week and had you know like a like a lock in and kind of started to learn to gel. Was it? Yeah. What were the pros and cons of sort of starting out in the middle of all this? A lot of learning went down during the pandemic. On paper, sure. it's like the worst thing we possibly could have done, but in spirit, <laughs> probably like the coolest thing we could have done, just because. I mean, imagine being a band, right, where 75% of your career is like playing shows, meeting people, congregating, doing all these things, and then having to basically try and create a platform for yourself where your only leg up is like digital platform and digital footprint. Um, so it was, it definitely led to like a very heavy incubation period. You know, at the time, 
when COVID started, we had already been in the studio just about every day for like six months cataloging. And so that oh, didn't wow. really change. Like, like in fact, I'd say most of the bigger changes to the band that were made were like almost in the second half of COVID when we really started thinking like, okay, things could open up and like, this is what it could lead to. You know, how do we tackle it? You know, this is a bigger project than just the music. This is like the business, the operation, our Web3 stuff, like so many different ventures under one umbrella. Um, and that's when I think it allowed us the time and space to realize like, oh, this is much more than just like a couple dudes playing music. And like, this is what we need in order to achieve the goals that we're going for. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the uh, the digital footprint and there's been a lot of talk on the uh, on the internet lately about artists and their relationship to TikTok for diplomatic reasons. That's all I'll say about that. I was wondering about your thoughts about TikTok and then how it relates to the creative process of making music and how it's sort of been changing the industry. A love hate for sure. It's it's one of those things that only comes along once in on a blue moon, and it's like a crazy, crazy, crazy discovery tool. Um, but it's also a complete disruptor of the entire market and it's like mm-hmm. it's democratized everything it's it's made it so you know a girl in her bedroom who's writing songs that is in alabama that doesn't even think of being in the music industry can all of a sudden pop off and oh okay cool and maybe now i can start something here and it gets the ball rolling but it's like that's unheard of like that wasn't a thing 20 years ago you know and that wasn't a thing five years ago so it's like that's a crazy, crazy powerful tool, but it's also this intense like pressure that it puts on a lot of artists. That's like, oh, if you're not doing it, you're you're gonna fail. And it's like my frustration with it is that I feel like there's a lot. It's like people put an emphasis on TikTok like it's the only thing. <laughs> you know, it's like the only thing to do. It's like, oh, you make music. Well, you should make a TikTok. And it's like, well. Okay. <laughs> I think I think the greater issue is like the mechanics of it, right? Because it's like you now have this thing where I mean, I'm sure as you've seen, like Halsey speaking up on it a lot is is the the idea that like most of these labels are declining releases based on whether or not they can like peak on a trend, and I think that's a little bit it's made poisonous. It easy. It's made it easy for the labels to say no. Yeah, it's like, like, oh, it's you're not trending. Great. We're not going to do shit for you. But at the end of the day, it's like, at like, you still got to promote your music. You know, if TikTok didn't exist, it's like kids would still be bitching about the fact that they have to go down to Melrose and fly up their posters. You know, it's like, there's always (laughs) going to be something to complain about. So it's like, it's like, at the end of the day, it's just an opportunity to promote your music and like outreach to new audiences. And that's what you can do from your bedroom. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I think, I think the key is like turning into something fun and turning into like, Turning into something like isn't a chore, you know what I mean? And finding your thing. It's like your thing is going to be different than the other person's thing. And the reason their thing worked is because they're the one doing it. So it's like your sauce is different inevitably because it's you. So it's like finding what works for you and, and connecting with your audience. I think that's that's the real takeaway. I think that's something we've been trying to tap into is like, we're on TikTok, we do our thing. And like we've you know figured out a long time it took us like, what are we even doing on here? Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> But then what we we realized like, oh, people really like these covers we're making. We were making during the quarantine, we were like remixing these basically we're taking like Drake songs and turning them into rock songs and or like other popular songs and like flipping them into these other things. And and people were like, Oh, this is really cool. And we were filming it in our living room, us like playing it and stuff like that. And that caught on to a lot of people. And and then now it's just kind of like 
keeping keep we're feeding the beast and like you know to our audience and it's like this is this weird thing but it's like it's not going anywhere and it was me another thing and it's like I'm very grateful for it but I'm I get frustrated but I've also been like realizing as you grow there's more things there's other things other than TikTok like this this podcast is what we're doing like there, this is valuable interviews and interviews yeah. meeting fans like you can't take away shows like shows are still how this whole thing works and I think that's something that a lot of labels and TikTok artists are realizing now because they had songs pop off on TikTok during the quarantine and shows come around. They're like, cool, I'm gonna play a show. And there's like four people there. And they're like, oh, damn, this is way harder than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that's, you can't, you can't do that. You know what I mean? Unless you're doing something that the audience connects with. And I really, at the end of the day, none of this shit matters unless you have a community. That's our day one. We've been like, a thousand fans is far more important than a million streams. I don't give a I don't give a <laughs> shit about streams because they're not paying us like 0.2 cents. Sorry, Bardo has yeah. a potty mouth. Yeah, I mean, you can believe it all. It's okay. It's <laughs> um, all good. But yeah, it's like it's it's way more way more entertaining to have an audience that cares about what you're doing and is like believes in what you're doing. And that's that's what we've done with the dropouts. We have this audience that like we love. They're our family. So that's what we're gonna keep doing. Hell yeah, that's a beautiful message. I, what do you have coming up next? I mean, is there a uh, a release date for an impending album on the horizon? We got Assassins coming out uh, the day this podcast drops, so it's the same day. Can we talk about it? We can't give you dates yet. We do have uh, an EP in the works. It you know album EP whatever you want to call it a project of multiple songs coming out later this summer uh, before we go to a festival we're playing that we also are yet to announce and but uh, <laughs> we will be we will be going to the uk in august so make of that uh, uh, oh man oh so yeah we got we got a lot of music coming out really soon it's been actually so relieving to uh be not only signed obviously but like to get signed and then to have that same sense of urgency of like okay we need to roll out and we need to be consistent and we're going to put it out now like I can tell you how um, hard it is to put music out and have a song be coming out by the time you already are like over it. Whereas, yeah. you know, Assassin we wrote less than like three months ago and we're still stoked on it. Wow. So it's such a cool feeling to have music that you're like genuinely excited about and super proud of coming out like while you're still super excited and proud of it. Oh, that is awesome. I can't wait to hear what you have in the pipes. I can't wait to see you out there. Beauty School Dropout, thank you so much for your time today and your music. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Thank thank you. you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Inside the Studio, a production of iHeartRadio. For more episodes of Inside the Studio or other fantastic shows, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 